A note to our listeners before we get started. This podcast contains offensive and violent content. Please be advised. Previously on Verified. Today, the State Department is designating the Russian Imperial Movement, also known as RIM, as a specially designated global terrorist. The American government has no proof whatsoever of our so-called terrorist activities. It's really a new, fully international movement and a network that he is actively building and is really focused on right now. It's something he calls the Last Crusade. Last time, we got in touch with a known terrorist based in Russia, Stanislav Vorobiev. He's the leader of the Russian imperial movement, also called RIM. It's the first and only white supremacist organization that the U.S. has designated a terrorist group. But now Stanislav is doubling down on an international mission that he's been working on for the last few years. Here's Stanislav getting introduced at a conference in Paris in 2018. The room is full of white nationalists from Bulgaria, Spain, Romania, and France. I give the floor to our comrade Stanislav Voroboyev, who has given us the honor of coming to France for this Forum of Europe. He's here representing the Russian imperial movement whose flag you admire, with its colors of Russia eternal, of Imperial Russia, of Christian Russia, of Russia forever. All eyes are on Stanislav as he lays out the case for his new mission. As a Christian organization, we do not forget that there are enemies of our God, Jesus Christ. There are various movements in Judaism. One of the most dangerous movements does not preach Zionism as a movement for the return of the Jewish people to their homeland. On the contrary, they preach the idea that Jews should be in all countries and have complete power. The crowd here is eating it up. Stanislav rolls out this big plan that he's been developing for all white nationalists in all countries to unite in a new global fight for white Christianity. It's something he calls the Last Crusade. So what exactly is the Last Crusade? And who's signing up? I'm Natasha Del Toro, and this is Verified, The Next Thread. Mark, you talked to Stanislav for hours about The Last Crusade. What is the point of it? Do you have to be a member? Yeah, I had uh, a lot of the same questions when I first heard about it. And, you know, I'm going to let Stanislav tell us what what this is all about. We want to preserve our history, our traditions, and our national state. 
Stanislav says the goal is to overcome what, what, what they see as the two greatest threats in the world. Listen to this social media post uh, in Russia that Stanislav wrote. Here's a translator reading it. Our goal is to overcome two dire and all-consuming threats of our time. The first of them is Islamization. In fact, the occupation of Christian lands by infidels under the guise of refugees. The second is the destruction of the traditional read Christian foundations of European and Russian society by the left-wing socialists. So basically, goal one is to keep out Muslim refugees. Goal two protect the power of white Christians. And in terms of who can join, he told me that there aren't official memberships per se, just people who are freely joining up. We are currently in the process of gathering like-minded people throughout the world, including people from Australia, America, and New Zealand, wherever there are Christian communities. So how do you connect with Americans right now uh, given given your designation uh, as as a terrorist, we are bringing an idea. This is what makes us dangerous for some people. To those guys who recognized us as terrorists, our ideas are what makes us dangerous. It's about consolidating all traditionalist forces and about resistance to the new world order. Uh, this is the super idea. Whoa, whoa, whoa. New world order? New world order sounds like code for something. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's not just some gobbledygook here. I mean, listen, what you need to know is that Stanislav believes there's, there's a secret society of bankers, executives who are in charge of multinational companies and big government officials who actually are controlling the world. And in this conspiracy theory, Jews are often seen as sort of orchestrating the whole thing, you know, and they're doing this for profit and power. Now, now this, this secret society, it, it's said to actually be controlling the United States and, and, and especially really big international and global groups like the European Union, the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum. Now, listen, this is an old conspiracy theory. It's been around a long time in one form or, or another. But, but right now, Stanislav and his collaborators are finding new ways to use it, to lean into it, and to get white nationalists to rally together. And where did the name The Last Crusade come from? Basically, Natasha, it comes from the original Crusades you know, about a thousand years ago. This was during a time when there was a series of religious wars that were between European Christians and Muslims. The Christians were trying to take over the Holy Land, Jerusalem and the surrounding area, and they wanted to rid the land of Muslim control. Now, there was a whole lot of violence during these Crusades, also persecution of non-Christians and killings. And this was all carried out in the name of God. Stanislav says those crusades are the inspiration for the new so-called last crusade. It's a historical term. A crusade is a well-known thing, a well-known phenomenon to read Jerusalem from the infidels. So it is called the last crusade since it will be the last. It will be sufficient to have just this crusade. There will be no other future crusades necessary after this last one. How will you ensure that it will be the last one? <laughs> we are hopeful of that. 
that it will be indeed the last. That sounds ominous. It doesn't sound good, right? I mean, he's basically acknowledging the old crusades, which are thought to have killed more than a million people, Natasha, in this push to get non-Christians out. And Stanislav seems to be saying that this new crusade for white Christianity is going to be the final one ever needed to finish the job. I see. Well, and and if Stanislav wants to have a full-on crusade, he is going to need recruits. Who is signing up for this thing? Good question. You know, when I first asked Stanislav about it, he, he didn't want to talk about it. Who else besides you, Stanislav, should we talk to to learn about the last crusade and how it's going and, 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 and where it's going? Unfortunately, I can't name anyone without permission. What I can do is contact these people and let you know. But little by little, Stanislav started opening up about the Last Crusade. And eventually he introduced me to some of the people that he says are joining up, like this guy in Spain. Hello. Hello, Gonzalo. Can you hear me? Sí. ¿Empieza en español o en inglés? In English, Gonzalo, okay. if, you're, if you're comfortable. Okay, so I start. Uh, my name is Gonzalo Martín. I'm the vice secretary, vice president of Democracia Nacional. Uh, once we are in power, people who don't belong to Spain we will tell them that they have a period to leave. We will do the re-immigration. Gonzalo says once his political party's in power, they'll send immigrants back to where they came from. He calls it re-immigration. Re-immigration, we will send them back. And that's simple. The same way they come here, the same way they will leave. Now, there have been a couple of waves of mass immigration and refugees pouring into Europe. And for years, it's motivated a lot of white nationalists like Gonzalo, who want to get out and try to stop the surge of non-whites. One of those waves that brought a lot of new faces that Gonzalo does not like happened in 2015. The brutality of ISIS and the ongoing war in Syria have triggered an epic humanitarian crisis, the biggest wave of refugees in modern history. Desperate men, women and children by the tens of thousands, mostly from Syria, fleeing in overcrowded boats, many drowning along the way. The rush of refugees led to a new rise of the far right in Europe. Now, Gonzalo believes that the influx was no accident, but part of an actual plan put in place by that secret society that we talked about, with their goal being to create an actual invading force that would take power away from white Christians. Even Gonzalo admits that that sounded really far out there to more mainstream people, but then COVID hit. So this is why many people that they were not never before with us, they were thinking maybe we are crazy conspiracists. Now they're saying, you are right. He says people grew worried about their freedoms being stripped away, and that opened their minds to conspiracy theories. And people that we know that they were leftists, extreme, extreme left people, that they start to think about the global government, these theories that they sound a little bit like conspiracy. Now they say, you are right. Stanislav Vorobiev of the Russian Imperial Movement also introduced us to another group in Spain that he said was a Last Crusade collaborator. It's an organization called La Falange, and it's led by Manuel Andrino Lobo. Um, Senor Lobo. Hola, buenas tardes. 
La Falange's name comes from the Spanish fascist party back in the 1930s that worked with the Nazis. Today, it's an extreme right political party, and they have a lot in common with the Russian imperial movement. Who are your joint enemies um, internationally or globally? Well, the European Union, for example, that nefarious regime which the European Union is, and also the United States government, regardless of its color. NATO for what it represents. Like Gonzalo, Manuel absolutely believes in a core idea of the Last Crusade, uniting white nationalists everywhere against their shared enemies. But when it comes to defeating these enemies, Gonzalo and Manuel are, are not limiting themselves to only networking with other white Christians. You know, they can rationalize, in fact, collaborations with violent extremists of all different stripes. Manuel, for instance, has a real hatred of the U.S., and he's fostered a relationship with others who share his feelings, well beyond Spain. I went to Iran, just I've been to Iraq, Libya, Lebanon, Syria, and to many other places. If there is something I am reputed for, it's for not being easily scared. I wanted to show and that treat my support for the Iranian people. In the face of the continued aggressions from the United States, the UK, and France. Manuel even tweeted a photo from a 2018 visit to Tehran. You can see him standing in front of the Iranian flag in what looks like a government building. Uh, he tweeted that the photo was taken right before he was going to meet with an Iranian vice minister. And he's not the only one making connections with enemies of the United States. Gonzalo says he ended up sipping tea with an ambassador to Syria. In Brussels, the last meeting we had, we were invited by the, by the ambas ambassador from Syria to the Syrian embassy in Brussels. And the members of the APF, we were invited to a cup of tea and we were talking with him. Now you heard, you heard Gonzalo mention a group called APF. That's short for the Alliance for Peace and Freedom. It's another ultra far-right political group that Gonzalo helped start. And it's a group that's uniting some of the biggest names in white nationalism in Europe. APF has also met with Hezbollah, an Iran-backed Lebanese militant group. Hezbollah is also designated as a terrorist organization by Germany, Australia, Saudi Arabia, and a host of other countries, including the U.S. But Gonzalo is proud of this connection. Hezbollah, I know, is considered as a terrorist group in America. I know this. But for, for European people, they do, they do nothing against us. If there is an Arab country, a Muslim country, that respects the Christians, then I could have... Uh, good contact with them. But if there is a country like Saudi, Saudi Arabia that is um, persecuting a minorities, Christian, and they are also allies with America and Israel, then you know who is your enemy. So this really just underlines the whole point that white Christian nationalists who are trying to get rid of Muslims in their own countries will work with anyone, even Islamic extremists so long as they're willing to help fight against the same big enemies, like the United States and its allies. They're all looking around at each other and saying, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. 
that's hard to wrap your head around. And it must be really hard if you're trying to stop these groups from spreading because you don't really have a roadmap for all their networks. White power movements going outside their own bubbles. So how seriously do we need to take the last crusade and these networks? Next, we hit the road to look for some answers. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So we're in the, in the mountains of Georgia here to see Heidi Byrick, who is a PhD, an expert in global extremism, and she's um, she's really going to help us decode all of this Last Crusade stuff that we've been hearing about. Um, looking forward to to getting her expertise on this for sure. There she is. You missed the front door. Hey, Hello. Mark. Hi, it's nice to see you in Very person. Very good to see you in person. This is gorgeous Come out here. On in. Thanks for having us out here sure. and being willing to, of you know, course. put up with uh, people coming out. But this is, this is some complex stuff we've been getting into. So thanks for being willing to help us unpack it. Of course, and I'm sorry for the windy roads all the way up in here. Heidi's an expert in hate, but she surrounds herself with with just real beautiful things. She lives in a cabin that overlooks a stunning river. When we sat down in her living room to uh, to get down to business, you know, the first thing on my list of questions was about the last crusade, of course. Uh, Heidi had never heard of that phrase before, but she leaned in when I told her about the connections that some of the followers are making, you know, especially with Syria, Iran, and militant groups like Hezbollah. I think it's really, really disturbing. I mean, there's sort of an axis of of regimes out there that are opposed to the United States and to the West, often anti-Semitic, right? So Israel becomes a, a boogeyman in this, or Jews do. Uh, that's extremely troubling because that means access to resources in a way that you don't have by just selling T-shirts and music and whatnot. You know, one of the concerns people had always, and, and terrorism experts will tell you, well, the big difference between Al-Qaeda or ISIS, for example, and white supremacists is they they weren't just non-state actors. They had access to state resources, right? ISIS took over big parts of Iraq, you know, things like that. Al-Qaeda had connections to the government of Afghanistan before 9-11, these kinds of things, or the Taliban. When I hear white supremacists starting to talk to governments, it worries me greatly because there's a huge difference in terms of resources. You know, I don't know if Iran would ever get angry enough about um, its relationships with, you know, countries in the West, the United States, to be willing to arm or provide any any kind of weapons. But if that ever happened, that would be a nightmare. We don't need our white supremacists in Europe, in the United States, Canada, whatever, Western white supremacists hooking up with a regime that is vehemently anti-Western. But to Heidi, you know, studying these extremist groups, it, it's not just what she does for a living. It's, it's very personal. 
my family suffered so badly in World War II. You know, I had uh, my mother's German and she was born during the war, born in 1940. Her father, my grandfather, was a Jewish man who was deported and killed in the Holocaust. And so while my grandmother was pregnant and while uh, and when my mother was a child, right, during the early years of, of World War II, they had to hide that parentage. They had to deny that uh, the fa- just the full existence of the father, right, because it could mean that they would all be killed and the whole family could be killed. I had a great uncle who died fighting for the Nazis on the uh, Eastern Front. He wasn't a partisan. He just got conscripted. I had another uncle who was like a real Nazi. So all these things have made, you know, made me think it's like these ideas like Nazism, white supremacy, eugenics, they're evil, right? They shouldn't be allowed to stand. I mean, you, you like, let me just get this right. So you, you have a grandfather who was murdered by the Nazis and you have a great uncle who was a true-blooded Nazi. Oh, yeah. He was an engineer who was helping work in the industrial sector. These these people are all from, from the area around Duisburg in Germany. It's North Rhineland, Westphalia, which is a big steel sector. And this is the kinds of places where they made poison gas, they made munitions, they made the things that kept the, you know, the troops and everything running. And he did this because he was a Nazi supporter. I mean, I think that is an explanation for why I feel so passionate about dealing with this stuff. So Heidi and I both had a connection, but it's the kind that you don't really want. We've each had family members who the Nazis killed during World War II. Now, Heidi also happens to have received a PhD after studying the Crusades and extremism in Spain. So I took Heidi back to what we had learned about the last crusade. This is our international response to our international enemies. I played her some tape of Stanislav Vorobiev, where he's talking about what victory looks like. You know, it's, it's a world where Christians rule over people who aren't like them and limit opportunities for everybody else, like when it comes to religion. How strong should the government be, um, you know, if it rises under the last crusade? For the activities of the state, the standards, the norms of the orthodoxy will be mandatory to follow. Am I making myself clear? What would happen if you don't follow those those directions? If a government official does not follow the norms, they get sacked. I mean, he's building a real-world organization whose tenets are anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim, and he wants to, you know, anytime you use the word crusade, you're talking about war, right? War to remove the infidel, right? And, you know, the notes that he's hitting on, the, the anti-Muslim stuff in particular, that motivates all white nationalists everywhere. That's why Muslims are often the targets of terrorist attacks from people who believe, you know, white genocide is coming and they believe in the Great Replacement. In other words, white people are being replaced with non-whites um, in their home countries. I mean, th- that has a lot of residence, this idea that we need a crusade, we need to cleanse our lands, and we've got to get rid of these Muslims. And Heidi says that spreading these conspiracy theories, it it can have really dangerous consequences. After the killing of 23 people at an El Paso Walmart in 2019, a manifesto surfaced denouncing, you know, quote unquote, Hispanic invasion that the shooter thought that he was battling. Uh, You know, I also played Heidi uh, some of my interview with that Spanish last crusader, Gonzalo Martin. 
uh, once we are in power, people who don't belong to Spain, we will tell them that they have a period to leave. We will say, of course, in a, in a peaceful way, but we will say you have, I don't know, three months, five months to sell what you have, or you, they can even maybe keep some properties in Spain, but you officially cannot live here anymore. This is the most dangerous part of white supremacist ideology right now, right? Whether it's RIM and it's crusades and we got to remove the Muslims. It's this guy saying all immigrants need to be removed because he's got a white identity for Spaniards and they don't belong here. This is what's driven almost all the terrorist attacks, major ones lately. This is what drove Christchurch. It's why the attack was against mosques. At least 49 people are dead and dozens of others are wounded following shootings at two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand on Friday. The El Paso Walmart shooting, because that was about Latinos, you know, immigrants, non-white immigrants. The attack in Pittsburgh was going after um, the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society. So it was actually something anti-Semitic and anti-immigrant, right? The Jews who are bringing in the non-white immigrants to wipe us out. This idea is the one motivating all kinds of terrorism right now. And it's probably the most popular idea in white supremacist circles, period, hands down. It's the great replacement. And it's really scary to hear someone sort of like with almost no emotion saying, we're going to give people a couple of weeks, they can get their stuff and they can get the hell out because that's a war crime. He gave them a month, a couple of months, a few months. I'm sorry, a couple months. It's a war crime nonetheless. It's called ethnic cleansing. But is that, that's a big word, two big words, ethnic cleansing. I think of that and I hear I hear like death. Is, is it also just push you out of society? It's Yes, forcible removal of a population is a war crime. He said he would do it peacefully though. It, that doesn't matter. It's a war crime. <laughs> you know, do you think, I, I mean, this, do you think? I, I think of this as like the early, you're in Poland before things got really bad during uh, the Holocaust. And it was sort of like, well, you just need to get all your, you know, to the Jews, Jews in a particular town. Just get out of your stuff and get out. No, this is on the road. This is genocide. This is on the road to genocide. It's a step. It's the cattle cars, right? Because what do you do when the people don't want to go? How do you get rid of them? You're going to have to use force. Heidi doesn't pull punches. I mean, she, she sees this toxic mix, really, of conspiracy theories, white supremacists networking with Iran, Hezbollah, and the image of cattle cars. It feels very real to her. You know, and I have to admit that after speaking with her, it, it began to feel very real for me. And I needed to ask Stanislav some more questions, some questions that I'd been avoiding. Is it okay if I, if I, if I share, if I share this with you, Stanislav? Да, пожалуйста. Yes, please. Go ahead. My great grandfather was Jewish, and his family was made to live in a particular part of Russia, and he wasn't allowed to live where he wanted to live or uh, visit the parts of the country that he wanted to visit uh, or raise a family the way that he, the way that he wanted to, and. He fled the country. He left. He left for the United States. What do you make of that? We didn't have any ethnic limitations for Jews in the empire. We had Jews on top of the government positions. 
the Premier Minister. Even finance minister or prime minister, but they were ethnical Jews turned orthodox. For them, it was allowed. If a person turned into orthodoxy, then there would be no limits for them to live where they want. So if a Jew were to convert to Russian Orthodox, then they would not have limitations on where they lived or what they could become. That's true. In the Russian Empire for Jews, there were no limitations if they converted into Orthodoxy. But what if the Jewish person wanted to remain Jewish and practice Judaism? Then what? Well, then the rest of Russia was at their disposal. They could live anywhere else, but not in large cities. In other words, in order for my great-grandfather to avoid persecution because of his religion, he had to give up his religion, which is sort of a terrible thing, you know. Uh, but I, I didn't want to just talk about history with Stanislav. I mean, this guy is teaming up with modern-day Nazis, people who are fans of Hitler and all that that regime did to destroy the Jewish people, including many people in my family. And I had some questions. When I hear you talk about how it's okay to collaborate with people who are supportive of these ideas, it leaves me saying, how in the world are you on the right side of this? How can you justify collaborating with people who, who do support that sort of thing, who do support murdering people? Uh, it's impossible to collaborate with people who commit such things, but people who justify this for educational reasons, one could and should work together with them. Since they did not commit these actions, they did not do it, so they have a chance at changing their attitudes. But by collaborating with Nazis who are pro-Hitler and who are pro-Third Reich and pro-concentration camps, do you not become a collaborator of theirs as well. I don't think so. Stanislav Vorobiev believes that by working with neo-Nazis and other extremists from all over the world, he'll be able to sway them over to his cause. And that includes recruiting Americans. You know, I had connections with European nationalists already, and uh, eventually that got you know, into uh, meeting members of the Russian imperial movement and uh, inviting them over to the United States. So that was that was fun. What connections did RIM make inside the U.S.? And who's fighting back? That's next time on Verified. There's so much more for you to discover about this story and what's coming up on the show. You can find us on Twitter at Verpod. We're also on Instagram and Facebook if you just search for Verified Pod. And if you have a story to tell us, send a voicemail or an email to verified at scripts.com. That's verified at scripps.com. If you like the show and believe in this kind of storytelling, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It'll help more people discover Verified. I'm your host, Natasha Del Toro. This is Verified. Thanks for listening.